Uh, I stole one pillow in my hotel room because it was matching perfectly for me to take the pace notes during the, the Rikis. You know what? It was in 2009. We are in 2021. I'm going to finish in Monza with this pillow. During no! all those years, this pillow has been with me. And I will drive to Monza to be sure that I will put it in my car and I, it will not be lost, get lost in a, in a plane or in a train or whatever. I will bring back home this pillow coming from Cyprus to Southern Oh, oh my yeah. good God. I think my first memories what I can really like remember are from, uh, I believe it's like uh, Rally Finland test mm -hmm. where dad was driving. And uh, I was actually going into the stage with him. I was not even co-driving, I was sitting on his lap. Welcome everyone to WRC Backstories, our exclusive WRC podcast presented by Bex Williams. Welcome along to the latest Backstories podcast and after Rally Finland, it seems we are holding on to the Finnish vibe as long as we can with our latest guest, the unique character that is Toyota driver Essa Pekka Lappi. EP has earned an army of fans, not just with his performance behind the wheel, but also with his no-nonsense approach to life. Chilled out is an understatement. His stage-end comments are legendary, and the rapport between himself and co-driver Yane Firm have been a highlight of the all-live coverage. A champion within ERC in 2014 and WRC2 in 2016, EP has experienced success and shocked us all by taking his first ever WRC podium at home in Finland in 2017. The fact that it just happened to be the top step of the podium was the cherry on the cake. But how did this love affair with motorsport all start and where is it going in the future? Sit back, channel your inner Finn and get to know Essa Pekka a little better. We've given him the big build up and now it's time to head out I'm guessing to Finland to join Essa Pekalapi. It's good morning from the UK to you, wherever you are, EP. Where are you in the world right now and how are you doing? Oh, good morning. Um, yeah, I'm in Finland and actually I'm in Uvascula, <laughs> sitting in, in my GRRs on a parking lot. So, uh, <laughs> well, you've given us good. the perfect vision of where you are right now. I hope it's not too hot there, otherwise, you're going to be roasted by the time this interview is finished. Why, you know, uh, I have, uh, you know, uh, AC on my car, so no Ow. problem. We're fine. We're all good. We're all good. So it's been a pretty busy few weeks, hasn't it, for you? The big rally Finland. Are you are you exhausted from it all or are you feeling OK right now? Oh, well, not not really exhausted. It's um, it's sort of rally that you don't get too tired to be fair uh, i feel more tired you know after very hot rallies like sardinia and, and this kind of stuff um and and probably you know when when you know all the places as it's your home rally it's not not that bad so um but yeah it's been a some not not mess after the the show on sunday but some <laughs> Busy, busy times at least. <laughs> I bet we will talk about that a little bit more later on in the uh, in the interview because there's lots to talk about from Rally Finland, but there's lots to talk about, to be honest, in general about your life and your career. So let's get started with it. And we always kick off these podcasts with 
how you would describe yourself, your character, your personality, but using only three words? Uh, straightforward guy. <laughs> oh my God, how perfect is that? Actually, that really does describe you. You are a straightforward guy. We've actually had quite a few questions in for you via Twitter with regard to this podcast, and lots of them are in kind of relation to your character, but we'll come to those a bit later. Straightforward guy then, who's grown up, born in Finland, grown up in Finland, surrounded by rallying, because it's everywhere in Finland. It's, it's the bigger, one of the biggest sports, apart from ice hockey, of course. Tell me how Esa Pekalapi became to be a rally driver. When you were young, were, were your family involved in rallying or have you come from a, a family with no motorsport background at all? Well, it's a basic basic case for from my side as well. I, my my dad was doing rallies when I was I was really a small kid, and my big brother, who's um, eleven years older, he was driving go karts at that time, and then he switched to rallying as well. So uh, it was pretty easy for me to to start as well or at least get uh, get to know the sport so what was your dad driving uh when i was born i think he he had uh, like uh sierra cosforth oh cool maybe. yeah 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 and then in the end let's say um when he stopped when i started uh, so it was around 2003 or four then he had evo 4 lancer mitsubishi so so you were surra- you were surrounded by it as you say not only is it on the the television it, it's in the forest around you your family are into it as well but it is it always you know i i find it fascinating because every interview i've done so far there's really been this 50 50 split of people who've you know had people in their family who've rallied and then others who completely have no one at all who is into motorsport, but yet they found their way into rallying. And everyone will, will think from, from you then, oh, it's a natural progression. But growing up, was there, was there anything else you were interested in? Or did you always think, yeah, I kind of want to have rallying as a career? When did it pop into your mind or when did it become a reality that rallying could be a career? That was pretty late. To be fair, I I was dreaming about F one. Oh wow! Okay. And and I did go karts ten years, and I was pretty good on that. Actually, I won on on the on the year when I stopped. I won actually Finnish championship, and I was not too bad on on international events as well. Um. So, yeah, I really really wanted to be an F1 driver. Um, and then when we, I didn't want to continue anymore. It was year 2007 when I won the, won the title. And I didn't want to continue to stay in Finnish championship anymore. I wanted to go uh, to do bigger, bigger races, but then we, we ran out of budget. Yeah. And then I tried to switch for single seaters, but that was very expensive as well. So then I, I actually switched to rallying and 
that was cheap on that time. Well, it, it, that surprises me that it was cheap at that time. Talk to me a little bit more about karting, though. I've, I've, I've heard from you and Tamey Sunanen over the years that you were kind of karting together. And I've seen that classic picture of you, which someone reposted this week, of, of you and Tamey alongside a kart. And he looks about eight years of age. He looks so young <laughs> in Ed. Um, so you were kind of karting together at that time. You were his engineer as well at some point on the karts, yeah? Yeah, or in, in that world, it's called mechanic. Not just mechanic. Engineer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was like two years ago. Yeah, two years after when I stopped, I, I still kept doing or started to be as a mechanic as well to, to earn some money. Um, and yeah, we were actually competing in, inside of the same team with the same chassis brand in, mm. in Finland. The difference is just that we are I'm two years older. So I was all always on higher class than Temu. So we never actually competed against each other on, on go-karts. Okay. Okay. I you know, you, you mentioned that you know you left the go-karting year at go-karting behind the year you won the championship. That seems like a a weird move to make once you've won the championship. Yeah, it's correct. That's how proper champions do. <laughs> um, but like I said, I didn't see for my career that doesn't make any sense to keep continuing in yeah. Finland. Um, and I was really interested about rallying anyway. I, I was doing some small rally sprint races during the winter time when you couldn't drive go-karts in Finland. Um, and then I actually, I was part of this... Uh, our local or uh, Finland's ASN uh, coaching group on go-karts as well. And then I got a chance to, to go like for a training camp and, and driving camp with a rally car mm. um, on this. Uh, yeah. With the rally crew. So then I got such a good chance and good teachers already that then I, yeah. I was really interested about rallying and it was sort of still like a natural move from my side. Yeah. I think this, this idea to be a rally driver has been in my brain like many years, but, or maybe 10 years, but just on the back background, let's say like this. Yeah. Uh, but it became more a reality, obviously. So how do you go from karting to actually getting into rallying what's the process because there's there'll be lots of people listening who are trying to get into rallying and it's one of the most difficult things in the world unless you've got the right connections or or a big tump of money at the side of you you mentioned that it was cheaper at that time in rallying how did the first event the first taste of rallying start for you well i i actually drove first time rally car when i was 10 or 11 on a frozen lake <laughs> and um and yeah then i got the first first idea what it is and it was pretty fun so was that uh, your dad's car no it was my big brothers okay and what was that what car was that uh opel cadet okay okay uh, classic like rear wheel drive what what was the sensation like? I mean, frozen driving on a frozen lake is so Finnish. I love it. But what was what did you feel like driving that car? 
uh, well, hard to remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's I know. A it's a, it's a long time. Hey, you never forget your first time, right? That's what they say. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I remember when I did it, but how it felt, uh, probably pretty enjoyable as I'm still on the sport. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I remember the steering was a, a bit stiff as, as it didn't have power steering. Yeah. Yeah. But you were helped out with the, uh, the sliding around on the frozen lake, I'm sure. So, how much of a how much of an influence was your was your elder brother? Uh, well, in terms of the driving, nothing. Nobody actually from from the family never teached me anything on, okay. on this. Um, the problem probably was that I was pretty quickly faster than them, so that's why they stopped. And this, I remember that I was very young still uh, when I was starting to be faster than them. And that's why they, they both stopped then. I don't know what, what, where they like pissed that I was <laughs> faster, but I believe they just thought that, okay, maybe it's <laughs> better to give him a chance you know, than spend money, money for, for their driving. Maybe yeah. something like this. They obviously recognised what what many people have seen is is your natural talent, and yet I'm sure they were a bit bit peeved that you were quicker than they were. But that's life, right? So you go from from being on a lake in an Opel Cadet to to wanting to be a rally driver. Where does it where does it go from from that point? Well, uh, for sure, you need a lot of a lot of mileage, like like we still need um but it's like it's like a hobby in the beginning mm. definitely you you try to have fun and you crash and then you repair your car yourself um, um and yeah you spend a lot of evenings even days on, on a garage fixing the car and preparing the car so it's it's a big hobby but then when you if you want to really um go forward then then you need to start to use the pace notes because in Finland the system is that you don't use the pace notes in the beginning you mm. you go blind um and then the yeah the pace note thing is next and this this is a long journey it's still not ready from my side and I think I'm never ready but yeah you need a lot of practice on this and maybe you should also get a sort of someone to to give instructions how to start with that um, and, and, and what kind of system to use. Um, and still, I, I think, you you know, as a beginner, you should try with a cheap car and, and not so fast to just to understand the whole whole system. And then maybe later on, you can switch on with a better car. You mentioned something interesting there, though, which is, you know, you crash the car, you fix it yourself. And that's, I think, after after watching rallying now for over 25 years, it's such an important element that either the driver or the co-driver knows what they're doing in terms of mechanics. I mean, OK, on on the, you know, the rally one cars now, and I know there's only a certain amount you can do, but having an understanding and the ability, like some drivers, to, to be able to construct incredible fixes to suspension, it always amazes me. 
but it always you always see it with the drivers who have a good background mechanical knowledge yourself elvin oit those drivers really stand out as absolutely knowing what they're doing how important is it do you think for people to have a a really strong mechanical background it is a, a big benefit definitely because at some point you need your skills and I think <laughs> there was some action last weekend on Rally Finland uh, that personally I needed my skills. But also Elfin was doing yeah. incredible fix with yes. the rope. Um, so yeah, it maybe feels sort of stupid or not stupid, but it felt feels when you are doing it in the early days that this is not really helping me out later on. Yeah. But yeah, it will. There will be a day that you need to do something quickly. And yeah, like for sure on, on Sunday, on my, my case, if I wouldn't practice in the, in the early days these things, then I mean, in the end, it was pretty easy fix with the radiator. But to know how, how first of all, the the coolant behaves or the water behaves that there is air inside and when even you you fix the the leak but still you need to you know add water later on and all these things it's not so simple if you you don't know it and you haven't done it before no that's true it's right i mean it it, you know kind of can be a bit of second nature to people who know what they're doing and i tell you what it's a good thing we were at the the thousand lakes rally as well to be able to utilize that water i know you're given water at the stage end but you know there's only so much you can you can possibly carry that lake came in very handy yeah but that was a good show i we, that was we, great. We, yeah yeah because we we took we took four liters from the stage end already okay. water all oh, right okay so, fair enough you had enough then <laughs> so uh yeah, it was just to, you know, uh, <clears throat> to make, uh, not, not the show, but it was part of it. Anyway, I, I think, you know, I, I emptied some bottles to the camelback and then it was easy to fill the, how you call this, uh, reservoir or mm. how you call it. Yes, yeah, yeah reservoir. It was, yeah, it was easy to fill with the camelback pipe. Um, and then I went to, to the lake to, first of all, to, to make the camel back full again for the road section. And then yeah. I also made the empty bottles full just to be sure that we have again enough, enough water. So, uh, yeah, it was handy to have the lake, but it wasn't really mandatory at this moment. <laughs> it did look good for the cameras though. I have to say the sight of you just leaning down with a camel back into the lake, getting the water. That was, that was TV gold. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I'm sure. Okay. So you're, you're having a bit of fun rallying young on the lake, 10 years of age, it moves on. You're doing it, as you say, as a bit of a hobby, What's happening in school at this time and how much is rallying the balance with school? And were you good at school? Because I have, I have a sneaking suspicion you were probably like an A-grade student. Yeah, I was. I was good. Yeah, uh, I knew it. Yeah. Um, well, it was actually then like in Finland, like the basic 
school or I don't, I don't know the English words for this but anyway you have like nine grades and yeah. then you then you go like uh, uh, you go to study more like a professional way or then you go like uh, to a school that you 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 just want to be a car mechanic or you you want to build a house or whatever mm. and I I went to a car mechanic school and my yeah I was really good at school at that point so everybody was like what what you are doing you know with these papers you go to this car mechanic place which is normally the place that you go with the worst uh, <laughs> grades yeah 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 also the teacher was really surprised when he saw my documented what you are doing here <laughs> <laughs> but that was part of the game uh, or part of the plan and part of my interest or big part of my interest anyway and then and also i managed to you know few times bring my rally car into school and fix it during the, the school day so so this well, was good that was very useful then <laughs> so there yeah. was there was nothing else in your mind that you wanted to do rallying was the focus there was no yeah. other profession at all that was interesting you plan b didn't exist Basically. Wow, that's commitment, isn't it? Because you know, a lot of people will have the backup plan just in case. But you were, you had your blinkers on, and you were focused that that rallying was going to be the way forward for you. How do you turn all of what you're doing at that point in time? Your, you know, the rallying that's become a hobby. Actually, what year did you leave school? Because I forget how old you're. Only thirty-one, aren't you? You're still very young. Yeah, yeah. I think I. It was 2009. Maybe. Okay, so yeah. I can, yeah. yeah, so you did your first like rally sprint event a couple of years before that. So yeah. 2007. Yes. yes, yeah. You would have done the rally sprint in the Opel Astra uh, before 2009 and you, you're doing a far fuller program. Um, so yeah. I can see, you know, on your, on your stats, a, a huge program within Finland You've done over, I think it's over 10 events in 2009. So how did that happen? Where did the funding come from for that? Talk me through how that started. Well, everything came from my dad. That's that's very clear. Um, we had some, yeah, small couple of sponsors, but in the end, nothing really big. So, mm. yeah, like, like the first, until the end of 12 my dad paid everything wow um yeah you're a lucky boy uh yes 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 um <laughs> i i haven't ever actually talked about this that how much <laughs> it cost <laughs> how much how much he needed to pay over the years maybe he doesn't know himself and maybe he doesn't want to know <laughs> um but yeah, yeah, it, I was I was lucky that my dad has some some money. Yes, I mean there is people who are like really rich, you know, and and we were not poor as well. Uh, yeah. My dad had like a, a forestry uh, machine company. Um, okay. So yeah, it was going well. So we we managed to do these things. 
And I can see really early on within that period, you're talking 2009 to 2012, Mr. Yarni Firm appears straight away in, in 2010. Yeah. Um, so you started off with one co-driver or two co-drivers and then Yane steps into the breach and is is by your side from from then on. So it really has been a long relationship with him. Yeah, and it started that we saw first time when we went to a recce Arctic rally. Yeah. So we saw first time on this trip. Um, so it was a bit of a funny start. We we knew each other somehow, but we never have really you know, talked or anything. Um, and the thing is why why I changed the co-driver was that the uh, the previous one couldn't commit enough because I, I was doing a lot of these training camps um, with this uh, coaching group. Mm-hmm. And then I was doing a lot of recce practice. And, and the previous co-driver was just working daily normally, which is normal. I'm not yeah. saying that, which which is, yeah, the normal case. But then Janne, Janne had had the opportunity to to commit more, and he also wanted to be a professional. So then we we started to to work together. Yeah, and I mean, you, you mentioned it's kind of you know a bit of a funny start. And I think when we think about you and and Janne, it's always there's always like a fun element. You always seem to enjoy yourself out there it's incredibly professional obviously but you seem to be one of the crews who's having the best time even when things might be going wrong you're still finding finding positives so how quickly did you know that that relationship was going to work oh that's a good question um i don't know the answer to be honest (laughs) I, I cannot answer you. It just felt pretty good from the beginning. And then uh, I think I never really thought any any further, let's say, that how long this will last or is it is this going to be good? We were just, let's say, present on that moment and, and thinking only about that moment. So I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer for the question. No, okay, that's that's fair enough. I mean, it, it's it's obviously been a success so far, and it was a success then in terms of of results in your in your two thousand and twelve year because, you know, the the top step of the podium was was quickly found, which is you know quite a contrast to the previous two years. What happened in two thousand and twelve, which meant that success seemed to be. Well, not I'm saying it's easy, but when you look at your statistics, it's, you know, winner, 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 winner. Whereas yeah. the previous years, there's there's accidents, there's mechanical issues or that the results aren't so great. 2012 seems to have been quite a magical year. Indeed, yes. Um, there was many, many, many things, I would say, that the, all of the pieces came together. Mm-hmm. Um Let's say that it all started probably from 2011 Rally Finland that I we, we participated first time. And then uh, uh, Mr. called Eric Weiby yeah. uh, noticed our results and performance. And then I got an invitation like for a shootout. 
for event management should that. Yeah. Um, and then later on, I went to to army from this year. Yeah, because you you all have to do that, right? That's mandatory in Finland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I stayed there six months, so it started like uh, September, maybe. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> And then, uh, well, like the previous years, I've, I've been working with the car myself a lot and building the car, servicing the car and these things. And now I couldn't do that when I was in the army. Yeah. So I could only do the driving, basically. And that's probably one of the things which actually was helping me also to achieve these results that I was concentrated only for the proper job. Yeah. Um, and not not to be stressed about how long nights I need to to work with a car before and after the, the race. Um, and then yeah for sure the one one big thing is is that I got the deal from from the even and I got the best car of the champions. So um, this this helped as well, and we we switched to a four wheel drive car as well for this year, and it it just felt really natural for me. Yeah. So all, all of these things probably made made these wins possible. I mean, it was you know looking at it, it was uh, you know a fantastic year in terms of results, and that then it just led on. It seemed to just get bigger for you you're you're entering the erc the asia pacific championship you know your your dad must have thought at the time all that investment is paying off now because things are taking off did did you feel that your career was you know really on the move at this point well well definitely because you know there has been there's been a saying in finland that nobody comes to pick you up from finland and I did these three events during the winter time with this S2000 Fiesta and we won everything. And then I signed with Skoda Motorsport on May 2012. And I haven't done any events outside of Finland. So, <laughs> so if you are good enough, it seems they come to pick you up. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I don't know what happened, but this was really amazing that suddenly I have a factory contract for four I mean, and a half years. I mean, that, and that was just an incredible thing. As you say, you know, you had been outside of Finland and yet they've come, they've seen your talent, they've signed you up. There's your factory deal. That's a dream for any driver. I mean, you must have been ecstatic at that. Yeah, it, it was, it came very quickly and it was so big surprise. Um, but yeah, at the, at that moment, you, you felt really sort of proud of yourself, but still you realize that, yeah, now the, the work starts sort of, um, <laughs> but also, yeah, I mean, that there was a yeah dream come true at that moment that now I can say I'm a professional rally driver and that's something that I was dreaming about a while. 
Yeah, that's a, it's a big thing. What what did the family think? Especially, let's say, your elder brother who was into rallying himself, maybe thought he might have a crack at being a rally driver. Was there a bit of jealousy there, EP? Was he a bit envious of what you'd achieved or was he proud? I've never really talked about this with him, so I don't know. Um, I think he was proud. Uh, he's never been a guy like that who's jealous or... Mm. Or anything like this. So um, I'm sure he was proud. I mean, then for you to be, you know, a factory driver with Skoda and then to, you know, leave the country, leave Finland, go and compete, not only in Europe, but in Asia Pacific events as well. So you're traveling big time. And I'm sure that's opening your eyes in in many, many ways, because travel broadens your your mind and that must have been a great year then, 2013, to kind of experience lots of, of different things in your life as well as rallying. Yeah, yeah, sure. It was really something different. And, and you realize that, oh, well, maybe this rally world is not the same what you think about what you think it is when you don't see it like, or when you just see it outside and from the TV and from the media. Yeah. It is completely different kind of world, actually, when you are inside of it. It's not that glamour or how you want to call it. Um, the, the One of the funny stories is that when we went first time to, to Asia, we flew to New Zealand or Singapore. Mm. And that was the first long haul trip for us. And, and we were first time in business class. Mm. And, and then we got the biggest plane of of all time yet this tree uh no what's the elephant the the, the big a380 (laughs) yeah yes exactly we got this one and it was singapore airlines so that business class was like a sofa like a huge sofa and i was like wow this is nice this is really nice and then next flight was i don't know where you know, after this trip, next race or somewhere else. And then we went with the Finnair business class. <laughs> that was not so nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I got the, the cherry of the cake in the first trip. <laughs> and it's it's very difficult once, you, once you've flown that kind of style as well to ever envisage going back to flying anything else. Um, I can imagine traveling with, with Yane was, is quite an amusing thing as well. I'm sure you guys had the best fun wherever you were but you mentioned something there people and I, I want to pick you up on it whether I've just misheard your word because you said you know you look at rallying through the tv and everything did you say it's not as glamorous as yeah, what it's yeah, exactly. yeah I thought mm. you'd said that a lot of people don't kind of understand that it isn't as glamorous as it's portrayed it's you know everyone's mucking in everyone's working exceptionally hard that's interesting that you've said that, though. I've never really heard that from a rally driver before. Yeah, I mean, because it looks like from the TV that, yeah, they are driving the best cars of the world and they are staying on, on nice hotels, um, uh, flying with the helicopters, whatever. Um, and then the truth is that you are actually not, not flying with the private jets or helicopters. You are... Um, spending a hell of a lot of time in the airports in the airplanes 
uh, yeah, traveling a lot, sometimes traveling for nothing actually, or some very, because of very stupid things. Um, so this kind of stuff, they don't really, you, you don't see it on TV or on the media. And, and also sometimes, you know, I've been sleeping in a hotel that I, I sat down on the bed and I went straight to the floor because there was a hole on the bed. <laughs> and this this hotel was just open because of us during the winter time. So it wasn't really warm and this kind of stuff. So it's not not the same that you see on TV. <laughs> Do you know what? You're right, though. It's never kind of portrayed. And if, if I ever put anything on social media about oh what a long day of travel we've had or you know the train was cancelled we're on a bus or we're in a hire car for six hours people just say to me ah oh, stop moaning you're doing the best job in the world so you never mm. really put then you never talk about the reality of travel dramas and we've all stayed in some really dodgy places over the years and I'm sure I'm sure yes <laughs> um so you know out of those few years and I'm talking now from from 2009 up until you've got your deal with with Skoda. Um, what was the highlight of those times for you when you look back at those, you know, just those three years, really? Because you have the year with all the wins and everything is is going your way. What would you pick out as a highlight from that time? Well, I think still... Um... It all comes down to this 2012, yeah, um, and Rally Finland. Actually, we we didn't, or we needed to retire because of power steering failure. But before that, I managed to beat Mr. Ogier by saying ten seconds in Olympia. Oh well, that's it. Then. And that, yeah, and that was my first time in Olympia ever. So this this is some highlight. Yeah, sort of. because 2012 was the year, of course, that he was, because um, you were in the S2000 then with the Fiesta, right? Yeah, it, yeah, in yeah. what was called SWRC at the time. It's been yeah. many, many things over the years. And that was his year before Volkswagen kicked off with their full program. And he was effectively in a rally two car as well. Exactly. R5S2000, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, beating him over own employer by 10 seconds, that must have been very satisfying. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> really amazing. And already the rally, before we had the power steering failure in Merkipera stage, we we were really having good, good stage times. Um, so we were not far, actually, from, from the lead. Mm. So, uh, yeah. It was an amazing year, all in all, but this is one of the highlights, definitely. You know, you've had a really good grouping of years because you you talk about when, you know, you join Skoda manufacturers now that, you know, this is where the, the, the hard work starts. And that was then the build-up, really, to your championship-winning year in 2016 in the ERC. Um, that was... Talk to me about the years and... and you know, there, there were some highlights. There's also some tough times within those years before the glory came. Yeah, it's, uh, well, a, a lot of, first of all, a lot of driving with Skoda, which was really good for for my career. I, I got a lot of testing uh, kilometers on tarmac, um, which was much needed. 
um, I got also involved to develop this famous R5 Fabia. Um, yeah. And yeah, we uh, <clears throat> it was it it looked to be that you know every second year we are successful as on on twelve we won the title in Finland and then on fourteen we won European title and then sixteen yeah. WSC two so. I was expecting a lot of from 18 <laughs> as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> How important was that European title though, back in, in, in 2014 and what did that mean to you at the time? Well, uh, it was quite, quite a big win. I have to say it's not so many European titles in, in Finnish drivers. Um, so, uh, and yeah, it was like a first big, really like big achievement from, from my side. So uh, definitely it gave a big boost again that we are on the right way. Yeah. You, you were definitely going in, in the right way, but did you, want to, did you want to move faster at that point? Did you want to be heading to the WRC quicker than you did? I did, yes. I, I really wanted, but I couldn't. I yeah. think I, I, I've heard rumors that I had a chance, actually. There was a chance to be at Citroën earlier already, like for 14 or 15. I, I don't remember. But but yeah, the, the, the Skoda deal was still on and, and not possible. And later on, I'm, I'm actually pretty happy it, it never happened. Uh, yeah but for sure you on that on that moment you feel you are good that you are you feel you are better than you actually are and and yeah that would have been a mistake you 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 believe then that you needed more time to to hone your your craft let's say before that happened yeah i mean yeah i was still very unexperienced, not maybe not on Rally Finland, but all, all the other rallies. I was not doing World Rally Championship events too much during these years. So we started to do like more, more of World Rally Championship events 2015. Mm. So before that, uh, yeah, I was really like a proper rookie everywhere. What, what was, you know, when you did come in and, and do some WRC events, because, the, you know, there were a handful of events you were coming in and doing. What was your thinking about being part of the championship and being surrounded by these, you know, big names? Because for me, you're not the kind of person that is a fan of anyone then. I can't imagine you having posters on your wall of drivers. Prove me wrong here, but... Were you ever, you know, especially when you're bumping into Finnish legends around the place, were you ever starstruck or not? Not really. No, <laughs> not not like that. I When I was young, I had some posters, but it was more about F1. So Mr. Hakkinen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I he was my favourite as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I still don't have them on the wall, but I still believe I have the, <laughs> the posters. Um but yeah, the feeling for sure when, when you see, uh, when you are competing in the same events as, as the biggest stars, it's already some, some sort of feeling, nice feeling. And mm. 
And then when you see the WRC cars closely first time, you see inside of it, it's like, wow, yeah, I want to be on that car someday. And there's just, let's say, your, your goal is there present. And so it just motivates you, actually, that you, you see that, yeah, I want to be there and I want to do the job that I can be there. So which year was it, did you say, that, that the possibility of being with Citroen was, was available? Was that 2000? I'm not really sure, but maybe 14 or 15 or something like wow. this. There was some, uh, yeah, a lot of rumors. Uh, and there was actually, it was very close. Actually, I go a few years back, but very close. That I was actually Seb's Ogier's teammate on this 2012 year. With, yeah. uh, with the S2000 Fabia. Yeah, it, that was very close to happen. Wow. Wow, yeah, you're revealing quite a bit here then that, you know, I wasn't really aware of. Um, talk to me about, you know, we kind of flicking forward a bit. I know you, you're a bit limited on time today because you're busy. Um, but busy, busy. Like busy? Seb Marshall. Busy. <laughs> busy. Hashtag busy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 2016, your WRC2 winning year, um, championship winning year, which was a- another amazing year for you. And everyone thought then, you know, absolutely, we, we have to see him in-, in the WRC. He's ready. You know, he should be there now. What was the thinking, you know, that year, come the end of it, or even in the middle of it, were negotiations happening already? When did they start for 2017? It started like winter time, 2016. Well, um, that late, as in winter, t- as in winter time, January, February, or winter time, November, December. No, like the beginning uh, of the year. Yeah, yeah, but like okay. 16, so it was like one year early. Wow. Oh. Okay. Um, and then we, let's say, uh, we were third in Sweden, and then we had some—I don't remember what happened. We had, we had some bad rallies, anyway, uh, during the summertime, and then, then there was like Kopetsky was having a good lead, or Pontus was having better standings at the moment. Yeah. And Skoda guys threw me to, to Germany, which was not my strongest rally. Um, they make like made like a, a late switch in my calendar. And, and then from that moment, we won all the rest of the rallies. <laughs> and, and we managed to, to, to get the title. So, uh, <clears throat> but still, I didn't seal the deal. With Toyota, it took still like to, to sign the contract. I oh. think it was like 17 January or February. I don't remember, but there was this Volkswagen disappearing thing, which was disturbing quite a lot of this my my agreement. Okay, yeah, of course, because that was the year Volkswagen pulled out, and that was announced quite late on in the year, and it was sudden that surprised everybody. But that was a really good end to the season for you because you did Finland, Germany, Wales and Australia and won them all, which was hugely impressive. 
and like you say Germany not being the the strongest one but yet managing to win there as well um so how nervous were you that the, the Toyota deal may or may not happen well in the beginning when we started to negotiate it was very clear they they want me to be there or Tommy wants me to be be there and then I was for sure feeling very satisfied and happy about it but then you know when the signing never happened then I started to doubt actually especially coming in the end of the year that what is happening that that am I stay without a drive or or what's the case now but yeah this this I didn't know about this Volkswagen thing at all and then then when it yeah when it all happened it, it mixed mixed for sure the whole rally world so it took some time to, to get the deal done but yeah I started to be pretty nervous about it yeah of course because you know OJ was jumping into a Toyota to test it at that time and he was you know his name was linked with I think every team remaining in the WRC so yeah everyone seemed to be waiting for him to move his chess piece into place before everything else fitted in i would have been for that point quite yeah. frankly yeah but you know i've been this in this situation because of mr ogier so many years now that i'm i'm starting to get used to it <laughs> so do you do you believe there would have been an opportunity at volkswagen back in the early days then when they began no 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 but like i'm i mean like on that moment, we were waiting. What will will Seb do? Yeah. Then then uh, then with Citroen, I was as a teammate. Then yeah, sometimes I was waiting what he's he wants to do, and he wants to to, to shut down the whole the program. <laughs> <laughs> so so I was affected by his his uh, decision again. Um, and then definitely, yeah. Then he went to Toyota, and then I didn't have a really a place to be on that moment. And then during this year, I've been waiting as well what he wants to do. <laughs> yeah, which events he <laughs> wants to do, and which events you will be doing because he's not doing them. Yeah, yeah. he de- he definitely yeah. owes you a few beers, I think. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so much that it takes a few weeks. I want to be at that party. So your first year, let's talk about, so your contract is signed with Toyota. Amazing. It's done. It's dusted. Your first event, not that Skoda are a fantastic team, but now this is, you know, the highest rank in, in the WRC and you come in at Rally Portugal, your first event. What does that feel like to, did you think, bam, I'm here. I've arrived. This is it. You know, this is now the, the big start of the career, even though you've had such success. Or did you, in your Esapeka Lappi way, just think it's just the next step? This was, yeah, first of all, it, it was a long wait to, let's say, to recce all the races and not to do them in the beginning of the year. And then then to have the chance to, to jump in in Portugal. Yeah, this felt like yeah, like a next step, but also it felt like, yeah, this is my place now to show what I can do. Um, so, yeah, it, it felt so cool. Um, 
Yeah, hard, hard to describe. Again, some some dream came uh, came alive. Yeah, I'm sure. And you know, it was such that the team got off to to such success with Yari Matty in Sweden of that year. Um, but there was so many, you know, the, the team kind of blew us away in a sense because there were so many people. Um, and it, it felt like, you know, we'd had the Volkswagen days and now it felt, oh, we have the Toyota days now. Huge budget, a lot of people, a lot of technology, a lot of incredible names that had come over from, from different teams. You had Tom Fowler there, Yamo Leitinen was part of the team. And, and you felt like, wow, all this, you know, knowledge, infrastructure, was quite incredible to look at from the outside. It felt like a real powerhouse of a team, even early on. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But then on the other hand, people were laughing for our aero package. First of all, it mm. looked funny and, you know, it looked that it's too much. And this also that, yeah, the car was made on a farm, which was not the normal case, you know, small garage so um, yeah with all these aspects in in of it we for sure all of us wanted to show that where we are made of yeah and then for sure the laughing stopped you know when when they saw that the ira is actually not not a, a stupid thing no exactly um i i think the laughing stopped very 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 quickly and there were lots it was a lot of chat especially in the media before you know, they Toyota even started their first event. Lots of criticism about the way the team had been created, how the car had been built. And yes, some people had left and there was lots of negative chat. And it felt, I, I felt from the team's perspective, it was such so good to see it on competitive form pretty much immediately. It was like, not a we told you so, but it was the time for the team to hold their head up against criticism that it had unwarranted criticism that it had had before the program had even started. Yeah, 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 definitely. And well, I believe in the other hand that it's it's normal as it's a, a big company or a big amount of people that yeah, some people are leaving and some are coming back, and you know there is always some movement. Mm. here and there uh, but yeah there were some key key people as well who who left but not, then then they came back so uh, i don't know what has happened and i don't need to know and probably i don't want to know um it's not my business um but yeah definitely this was like i said we all just wanted to show what you can do uh, <laughs> on the finnish farm <laughs> Yeah, quite a lot, actually, <laughs> by the looks of things. Uh, I think 2017 was was one of the years where you were the big talking point because you got your first ever podium in the WRC and that just happened to be the top step of the podium and mm. at your home event as well, which it's still talked about to this day. You know, the Esapeka win in 2017 and... I, everyone remembers it really well. What is your memory of that time and that emotion from walking away with, with victory at home, which is, it's one of the rallies, probably there are a couple of rallies on the championship calendar that every driver wants to win or say they've won. Monte Carlo being one of them. Definitely Finland is 
the top one for me. What did that feel like? Crazy. It felt crazy. Um, I said the whole year that I want to win in Finland. Uh, also to to engineers, also to Tom Fowler. And he said he, he doesn't care as it's only Toyota. And I said, I care who, who wins. Um, but I never really sort of thought that it will happen. <laughs> <laughs> kind of um, but the pace was crazy on, on Friday and then yeah we all know what happened on Saturday and then then it was just the surviving to the finish but yeah this this feeling was, was something what I still want to would like to feel again in front of home home crowd you, you, you get a first chance with the WRC card to do Finland and then then you manage to win it immediately it's very crazy moments yeah i mean you're you're then front page news in finland mm. and you know we, we go back to the start where you, where your dad is has been funding your your dream your career and that's an in- incredible way to to you know to pay back without paying money if you know what i mean to to pay back in terms of a result to win at home that must have been you know an incredible incredibly proud moment for all of your family yeah, definitely. I believe my dad has felt some some big emotions as well uh, as my mom. First time she was watching the rally, she came first time on Sunday to service park ever, I think, to to see when we came to the last service after the finish. Um, so it was a big, big ad- achievement for not only for me, but I, I believe also for, for them. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was. I'm sure she didn't recognize you either, or she would have seen lots of you around the service park because that was one of the many years when everyone was wearing Esapeka masks and Yane Fern masks. You couldn't move through the service park without bumping into you every couple of minutes. <laughs> that was, yeah. <laughs> that was weird, but fun. <laughs> so you've, you've, got, you've had the podium that year. 2017 moves on and you do more events and then it's a, a full year then in 2018 the chance to get to rally monte carlo in a world rally car um and there are podiums in that year but obviously the only one you've had so far has been rally finland yeah and then the change from which i think surprised a lot of people from toyota where you were doing well where you'd obviously had your first win you had more podiums in 2018 why the change is it something you can talk about or not well i can talk about some things um <laughs> but the biggest thing was was clearly that citroen really they, they wanted me they wanted to buy me let's say like this mm. or hire hire me there was really like a big passion for that um and that definitely felt I felt good about it yeah uh, that's that I've done something correct if someone wants to really hire me like this um, and then uh, for sure in, in Toyota I felt that I'm like a number three um, you know sometimes we didn't have the same parts what I had um, and maybe if I said some comments 
people didn't listen too much. Um, so there was some some these kind of things as well. But yeah, maybe these two things were the biggest one. Yeah, that's fair enough. And then, you know, an offer from another team then where I can understand why that looks more and more attractive if your voice isn't being heard and if you feel that you're not being treated the same as the other drivers within the team. It, that must have been still it must have been a difficult decision to leave. What is, you know, even though it's a Japanese team, I still consider it a Finnish team. Mm, yeah, yeah, for sure, you know. It was tough, as as you said. Uh, there is a lot of Finnish people working, and 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 you know the communication is very easy, and to have the same sort of jokes and and humor is easy. Um, so yeah, it's sort of like sort of like my family. Um, <clears throat> but but yeah, when let's say I made a decision during Rally Finland, actually, when I saw that. Mats was doing really well with the car, with the Citroen in Rally Finland. So I thought, okay, this there is potential on this car to make it make it better. As I, everyone know know knew that there is some challenges on on yeah. some some conditions with this car. But I I was really hoping and and believing that we can fix these things and develop better better Citroen. I mean, it wasn't a bad year in terms of results. I think you had four, four podiums, five podiums. Uh, four, uh, three, three two, or four. One, three, two, three, four, four podiums. Ah, really? So, yes, Sweden, uh, Estonia. Uh, but, oh, yeah, yeah, that, but, yeah, but that like was, yeah, that was a candidate event. Yeah, but still, yeah. Okay, yeah. So three outright podiums within the within the WRC itself. You know, lots of people. When I put the question, you know, if any, if there are any questions for EP, when I put this out on Twitter, a lot of people came back with, "Was the C3 really that bad?" Well, in some some conditions, and it was crazy. Yeah, crazy, un- unpredictable. Let's say like this. Um, but like fast rallies like Sweden and Finland, yeah, the, the results were there. Yeah. Also, it not needed to be me, but you know, like I said, Mats was really quick in Finland as well earlier. Um, so on these rallies, it, it worked. But then, yeah, on, on tarmac we had big difficulties um, with the geos and and with the diffs. Um, and like for me, the first eight months where I struggle with the diffs, to be fair, especially on gravel, mm. even though the, the Sweden podium was great, but still, I, I wasn't really completely happy with the car and how it behaves under braking, yeah. Um, and then, then I, I got new parts for Rally Finland on, on the diff side, so this was helping a lot. Um, and then we well we managed to do some uh, well not development on tarmac but like we we went completely back to 2017 settings for Spain and then then we got like the last two years they they felt they developed the car in the wrong way completely wrong way and then we when we put two years old settings then it started to be better 
Wow. And that's, yeah, sounds a bit, and, and that was a bit crazy, to be fair. Why? It, yeah, it, it does sound crazy. And it's such a shame that the, the program disappeared because Citroen have got such a, a heritage in rallying. And again, exceptional people as part of the team. But yet, as you're saying now, they kind of went in the wrong direction with the car. And, and that's what, you know, cause the, the headaches and the difficulty on certain surfaces and and then boof they're gone and it's like all that work is just wasted and and gone it was it was a real shame to lose them from the championship yeah sure sure and yeah my, it's funny to say afterwards but like my my career in Citroen it, it started with the engine failure in Monte Carlo yeah and it ended with the engine failure in Spain <laughs> <laughs> so that's like a proper wrap up yeah it really is it really is I mean when you look back on the 2019 year are there any good memories you can take from it at all oh yeah yes there is um, um, for sure a, a lot of nice moments with the team anyway I mean uh, I like the team and the people to yeah. be fair I, you know I, I thought it's more difficult as a Finnish guy to come to a French team yeah but it wasn't too bad at all. I, I was really surprised how how much fun I had with yeah. them and how, how nice they were. Yeah, um, I think they'd obviously got to grips with Miko Haven in a good few years earlier. <laughs> so yeah. They understood yeah. the Finns to some degree. Yes, that's probably correct. Um, but for sure, the Finland podium was was uh, was a great. I was really flat out during the weekend, and I felt I've never been driving that fast. And that, so, let's say two and a half days on the full limit all the time. Yeah. Um, so that was like a big, big achievement. And uh, to be fair, the the last test what I did with the car, it could have been a bloody fast on the next year on Finland and Sweden with the new Iron. Uh, and you see this this is the this is the thing now because you would have seen exactly what was being prepared for the next year potentially. Mm. And it's like when Volkswagen disappeared and everyone's talking about what their 2017 car would have been like and and the fact that it was built, it's there, you know, it's never been rallied. It's it's a real shame from that perspective. Um, and I don't know, maybe we'll see them come back to the championship at some point. Um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But who it knows? kind of, yeah, yeah who knows? Um, 2020 was, was Ford. So when did that all happen? Talk me through that briefly and how Malcolm pursued you, or did you pursue Malcolm with the help of Eric Vaby and even management? You were still with even then, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I got this. Let's say rumors that Citroen will pull off uh, during, yeah, during Spain, mm. and and I I was really asking a lot of questions uh, from our team boss in Australia when we had the trip to Australia with all the bushfires and stuff. Yeah. Um, but still, I didn't get like a straight answer that what's what's going to happen, and. Um, yeah, then during that weekend I or week I went to, to talk with Rich that I might need a seat 
<laughs> and that, that's how it all started, to be fair. It was the, on the hotel reception desk. I was chatting with Rich about it. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, after that, a few days later, when we got back from Australia, then the news came. You know, I, I got a phone call like two hours before the press release. Okay, it's done. You know, Citroen is pulling off and, and you don't have a seat. Yeah, that must have been, you know, even though you're kind of expecting it, because I think, yeah, during Spain that year, there were lots of meetings being had and we certainly all were kind of tuned into the potential of, of Citroen leaving. But when no one's giving you answers, even, you know, the team boss in, in the last round, it, it still must have been like, ah, okay, even though you're expecting it, it still must be a little bit of a surprise as well at the same time, because it's such a late call. Yeah, yeah. It feels like unbelievable, actually, mm. that how, how this can happen again. <laughs> you know, there wasn't too many years before that, that it has happened on, on the rally world. So I thought it's not common, but we need to be afraid of now. <laughs> what will happen next? <laughs> yeah, there's been lots of surprises over the years with, with many, many, many teams. Um, so your chat at the reception desk with Rich Milner then, obviously started the cogs whirring in his head how quickly were you able to put a deal together to be with ford well i believe it didn't take many weeks uh, i i think a week after after this australia i was already at the m sport yeah having a visit so yeah it, it all all came together very quickly in the end and of course, it was the 2020 year, which was the most frustrating year for everyone, I think, on the planet, because that mm. was that was COVID year. So it kind of it gets underway. We do three events and then there's nothing for, for months and months and months. And, and that's a real difficulty and really difficult, I think, for a driver to be able to to get to know a team when you can't travel properly and be with them and. And actually understand the car. How did you find that year? For sure, it wasn't uh, the easiest year with M Sport, and I, uh, I think they were in a bad situation anyway. To let's say already before the COVID, we all knew that you know the budget is limited anyway. Yeah. And then, the, then the COVID destroyed the whole business from them. So then. Then, uh, well, in the end, when we managed to continue the season later on, then we were just doing the rallies without the test, test days at all. And that's not helping also to know the car or, or to make it faster for you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was at the, let's say, I'm sure the team is much better what, what, uh, how I saw it on that year. You know, yeah. it was just a bad, bad timing to be there. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a difficult year for, for lots of different reasons. And then, you know, you, you come to the end of that year and it, it's all change again because there's, there's no contract moving forward into 2021. And after years and years now of having these high profile drives, what did that feel like to you to know that 2021 offered nothing at you know at, at the end of the year there was there was nothing on the table or was there something that you didn't go for 
no, there was nothing. Um, I I think on like on January I I got a message that I could go to drive European Championship with MRF. Mm. But I said no, thank you. Um, um, and then then uh, let's say there was the only chance to to think that yeah there might be a seat at Toyota next year. So let's go for Arctic Rally, <laughs> just to <laughs> to keep keep some feeling and and rhythm and and to keep the name still on the lists. And yeah, that's how it all, all started then. And that was a good choice because you won that event. You won the next event that you turned up to in the Volkswagen as well, in in Portugal. And it is you mentioned that you know keeping name on keeping the name on the list, keeping your face out there. That's so important, isn't it, for for anyone really, in in any kind of line of work, but particularly as a driver, because there are so many new names coming through. You need to keep your name there. As remember me, I'm the one that can go out there and and score you the points. Yeah, well, it's it's, uh, it's just made made this whole case what is going on at the moment possible because mm. I'm sure if I if I stayed home and I didn't do any events last year. For sure, I had nothing for this year. Yeah. So that Arctic rally was the key moment, to be fair. And you were back, well, in Toyota, let's say, in uh, in Rally Finland of that year. And you were fourth in 2021. Yeah. So when did the negotiations then start for this year with the team? Uh, after Arctic rally. <laughs> wow, straight away after Arctic rally. Yes, yes, yes. What? I don't want to say more. <laughs> <laughs> what that that must have been though a real confidence booster because what we were in Arctic Rally in February, so you'd only really had two months of your life not really knowing what was going to happen next, and then in at the end of February, you know that twenty twenty two you're back on again. Well, not not really like this, but. Let's I'm making say, it I, sound I a know, lot easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is not even the truth. I, uh, then I knew that, okay, now I'm I'm fighting for this seat. So I have a chance, like a real chance. And yeah. then, then let's say when we went to Portugal, then I knew that, okay, I will get it. So who were you fighting with for this seat? Well, that you need to ask from somebody else. <laughs> this is, yeah, you know, you know, this is too short time after this. These things has happened, so I don't want to say too much. No, okay, I understand. We can, we can, we can ask that question to someone else, or maybe ask you in a, in a few years' time. Yeah, but you yeah. did you did a good job for the team though that year at Rally Finland. Um, it wasn't a podium, but it, it was fourth position at the uh, the beautiful October event. I loved Rally Finland in the autumn. Um, so that was, that must've been a good feeling as well. Coming back into the fold, coming back into the, the team where the WRC had started for you experience. Well, yeah, it was really like homecoming to be fair. First of all, the set in, in this Yaris WRC again, felt amazing. Uh, the power and all the, all the potential everywhere felt amazing. And then, yeah, the team. It sort of felt that I was not away, actually. The guys were really 
warm and nice again. So yeah, really natural move and 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 felt felt really natural wherever I was. So yeah, you're, it was nice to do that. You were a busy boy though in in 2020, 2021 because you were building a house while mm. yeah. So is that that house is finished now? I'm hoping yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good. So you were keeping yourself busy, but you know, when you look back at 2021, you only have four rallies on your rotor. So how were you keeping yourself fresh and ready for 2022? That was very difficult. I only have like like a cross card. Mm. Um I didn't do much with that, to be fair. So uh, simulator was one thing. Because um, on, on tarmac, that's pretty good. Or oh, on, on racing, let's yeah. say. That's good. For rallying, I don't really like these games. You know, it, it's not realistic at all. But this, this racing on a track, that is very, very realistic. So this is, this is useful. Mm. Um, but yeah, then then that's it. Basic, nothing else. It it sort of seems that the, you know the if there is a break, I'm actually somehow getting better when I'm not doing anything. <laughs> You're a bit like Danny Sordo then. <laughs> yeah, it looks like yeah. Yeah, I'm similar program, you know. Yeah, but it always amazes me that you know. Danny comes in he's been on the podium twice at the events he's done this year you know he can just come back in and and okay good road position if we're on gravel events but you still need the talent to be able to to actually walk away with a podium at the end of it and it's the same with you you know you're not having the amount of seat time that everyone else is having yet you're delivering huge pace what do you put that down to is that just natural ability natural talent what is it experience um yeah i want to believe so as as this sport is about experience so um it just shows that we yeah we have start to have it enough we we know how to drive in different kind of conditions uh in different kind of surfaces um and choose choose the right tires and let's say yeah it's it's a lot of different things so it's i'm not i'm sure it's not about talent i i beg to differ with you there now (laughs) i'm going to keep you for another five minutes i've got questions for you from the fans out there this one is is in relation to your we're not going to call it a problem but your sebastian ogier situation where you have to wait and find out what he wants to do with regard Mm. to rallies gary boyd says it's 10 years since WRC was last in New Zealand, but only nine years since Esapeka competed in the Asia Pacific in New Zealand in 2013. First of all, what memories do you have of New Zealand? And then secondly, have you reminded Yari Matty that you're the man with the most recent experience in New Zealand and should get the drive in September? Well, uh, the memories are really really good it was a beautiful island um and the ropes are really cool i mean there is a lot of cleaning for sure but yeah it's with all the campers 
you know, it's it's a nice flow on the roads mm-hmm. and well, it's not Finland, but it's fast. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I I liked it a lot. But I remember you need to be very. I, I think in in Finland we have strict rules with the speeding, but over there I think it's even more strict. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then I also remember that when I when I uh, shut down the the hotel door, I was in my home door 48 hours later. <laughs> so it was a bit of a long trip. It was. It's a long way to get there. Yes, we'll be reminded of that. So yeah. do you, do you know yet if New Zealand is going to be on the cards for you or not? I think I need to call Yari Matti straight away <laughs> about this reminder. I think you do. I think you do. Um, okay, let's, I'm going, just going through a lot more. We've answered, you've answered the C3 questions. And Malcolm Thompson actually has just added on to that by saying, how good was the C3 when it had the aero upgrade, which sadly we never saw in competition. And you just, you just said it was, you know, you'd seen. Oh, how yeah, it- it's like first run when we put it on, it was half a second kilometer faster than the old one in wow. Finland so that was a quite big step uh, it was that's a great question Malcolm thank you for that um, John Corey says the only two words that come to mind about EPR one legend and two cool character how do you stay so cool <laughs> I don't know um <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. You know, maybe maybe I'm so shocked about the things that there is so much going on inside of me that I don't know how to impress my face or or hands or whatever. So I'm just staying calm. (laughs) You are very calm. Uh, Kai Nordling asks, has there been a single day with Yane that you haven't been laughing? I don't think so. (laughs) <laughs> I knew that would be that. Uh, yeah. Jesse asks, who was better at karting, EP or Temu? Um, that's tough, actually. Because like I said, we never never competed against each other. But I, I believe Temu has better results from international events, and then I have better ones from Finland. So maybe, maybe Temu was better in the end, yeah. Interesting question from Fast Eddie, who says, how much has having a family affected your braveness and your speed, or has it not mattered at all? Um, Well, that's sort of hard to prove how much it is affected, but I'm sure it has done something. Um, But also I believe the age has done some change as well and, and the experience that I don't want to be stupid in some places mm. but these are just very special ones so uh, but other than that I, I think not too much not too much and then we have quite a well uh, there's a question here and this is something I didn't know about you um, do you have celiac disease do you struggle yeah. with you do I I did yeah. not realize that Yuhar is asking how difficult is it for you traveling with, with that and being in you know, so many different places around the world how do you deal with that uh, celiac disease 
well, nowadays, clearly, it's much easier than like 10 years ago. Um, uh, but yeah, well, you need to, for sure, you need to uh, carry some, some bars <laughs> on your backpack as normally the snack from the fuel station is, is not possible. Yeah. Um, and then in the end, actually, you know, you don't know what is inside of the food. Even you go, you go to the restaurant. Yeah. And you, you ask uh, the chef to make it gluten-free, but how do you know it is gluten-free? Mm. Until you go to the toilet. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's normally people doesn't have this kind of uh, symptoms about it. I, I just have that my stomach goes for a while. Yeah. But some, some people have like serious symptoms that they they cannot breathe anymore or something like this so uh, for me it's still uh, luckily it's only like this at the moment so it's not not too bad but it is it's it creates challenges for sure i'm sure it does last question from twitter then this is from matt who says if money and safety are no issue well let's say if money is no issue um because safety is always an issue where would you like to see the wrc go and I think, Matt, I might be wrong here, but I'm thinking he's meaning in terms of maybe the regulation, what kind of cars. I don't think he's meaning yeah. destination. Yeah, I understand. At least <clears throat> I would say not full ele- electric. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, sh- I should should not say like this, but still I say like yeah. this. So, yeah, but uh, your, your, te- your team boss, when I interviewed him last year, Esapeka said the same. He doesn't believe full electric is is the way forward. But some kind of some kind of hybrid system may be utilizing hydrogen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, there is now some bio biofuels as well. So, yeah. um, oh, we are using it already. But then yes. there's coming some bio oils. Um, so yeah, I believe we need to find the solution from this and not not. Uh, the electricity is not possible on, on rallying, in my opinion, at the yeah. moment. Okay, final question from me then. You know, you are back where you belong right now, which is in a rally one car in a top line team. And I want to see that continue on. And I want to see you in a, in a full time drive. What do you want to achieve now? Let's say in the next three years, what's on the target list for you? Um. Well, I, I would like to have the chance still to, to fight for the, the whole season. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not stressed about it. If it not happen, then it doesn't happen. And then I want to and I want to have similar season what we have now, that I can I can do the job what I love and then I have time for my family. So this is sort of a good balance. And for sure I want to be successful still. It doesn't mean that at all. Mm. I lied. I've got one more question for you. When you decide, and it's not going to be for a number of years yet, because obviously you're a young man still, but when you decide you've had enough behind the wheel, would you like to continue on within the WRC in some kind of either managerial role or a sporting director, given that you've got the smarts, as you told me earlier, you know, you're top of your class in school, you have a brain, you're, you know, it's not just behind the wheel where you're strong. Would you 
could you envisage yourself in that kind of role within a team where you're guiding it in some no. no not at all no i think when i stop then i stop wow and um, and then i do something else or but, maybe it's you know motorsport related but but uh, like what though what else would you do well, I have a company already existing, which is selling, a, we are reselling and importing a lot of brands for motorsports. So. Wow. Uh, then I concentrate on that, maybe, but stop traveling for sure. Yeah, the travel is actually pretty hard, isn't it? Because it's time mm. away from the family and everything. And Yes, yeah, exactly. I think people understand that. Well, we'll address that question again in about 10 years time when you're like running a team or something. And I'll be like, remember no problem. the day <laughs> you said to me you wouldn't be involved. Esa Pekka, thank you so much for giving up so much of your time. It's been really nice to hear your story. And um, yeah, you. I will see you very, very soon in Belgium. Yes, see you next week. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you. Thanks, EP. Bye. For more great WRC content, head to WRC+. For thousands of hours of archive footage, from end-of-season reviews and onboards, to features on some of the legends of WRC, that is wrcplus.com, the home of WRC action.